0: If you've got your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 11. Matthew, chapter 11. It's good to see you today. Good to have you here at First Baptist Goodlettsville, whether you're online or joining us in person. Thank you for being here. Um, we've had a great weekend, as you can tell, uh, for our youth. Our youth have had an awesome weekend. Um, yeah, there you go. Um, I got to be a part of it by cooking hamburgers. That's what I did. Uh, yeah, this is, there we go. All right. And so, it has been awesome to watch God move in and among them, and I'm so excited about what God's going to do out of this weekend and through this weekend. And for many of them, they are on what we sometimes call a spiritual mountaintop. They're they're at a high point. They're at one of those places that that recharge has happened to their spiritual battery, and they are ready to go. Maybe for you, I would guess for many of you, whether it's been a couple of years or a couple of months or couple of decades that you can recall a time in your life when you were on that spiritual mountaintop, when you were excited to do whatever the Lord says, that your yes is on the table before you know what the question is. And yet my guess is that for many of you in this room today, that's not where you are. And what I also know is, If history is any testament to what's going to happen, even for our youth, they're on that spiritual high note right now. At some point, reality is going to smack them in the face. I mean, Jesus told us that. He said in this world, you can expect trouble. He told them they were blessed when they were persecuted for his name's sake. And today, what I want to do, which is kind of strange coming out a weekend that has been such a a spiritual high experience for so many of our young people and parents that were around and people that were able to be a part was to talk about what happens when it's not. What happens when, if you're here today and it's not that spiritually high point of your life or it's a time when there are doubts that have creeped into who you are or you're wondering about some things and how do you handle those situations or if it is how are you going to handle it when those days come and I want to do that for you very quickly this morning by looking at somebody in the life of Jesus that asked Jesus a question that we never would have expected from this particular person because this was one of his most staunch advocates, one of his strongest advocates. In fact, this was his cousin. This was someone who knew his ministry that had baptized him and yet comes to a place in his ministry where he wonders if it's all worth it. We're going to talk about John the Baptist today. John the Baptist was a prophet Who had taken vows to live a certain way in order to go into a place where he is calling people to repentance. He had moments where he wandered in the wilderness like some people would think like a madman where he was calling people out and he was baptizing them. In fact, he baptized Jesus even though when Jesus walked up he said, I'm not even able to loosen the straps of his sandals. This man is so much more than me. I baptize with water. He's going to baptize with fire. But in Luke chapter 11, things have changed. Look at Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 1. It says this. When Jesus had finished giving instructions to his 12 disciples, he moved on from there to teach and to preach in their towns. And so Jesus has been extending teaching part. Now he's going into the towns. Basically, he's teaching the disciples to help them teach the people. He is training them for what's going to happen when he departs. Verse 2. Now, when John heard in prison, we'll get to that in just a minute, what the Christ was doing, Jesus the Messiah, he sent a message through his disciples and asked him, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied to them, go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor are told the good news. And blessed is the one who isn't offended by me. John the Baptist is now in prison. So the man that was in the wilderness, that was a prophet of God, that was a little bit of a a thorn in the flesh, if you will, to the people of his day, to the religious leaders of his day, now finds himself in prison. Now, we don't find out until chapter 14 why he's in prison, but he was in prison because he called out ruler Herod for an adulterous relationship with his brother's wife. And he would not stop saying that that wasn't right, and so they had him thrown in prison. Eventually he would be beheaded by Herod. And while he's in prison, sitting there, and what I can only imagine is not what he expected life as the forerunner of the Messiah to be, he begins to wonder if Jesus is who he says he is. Now, the first thing that you understand from this passage of Scripture is very simply this. If John the Baptist could have seasons of worry and doubt, the probability is you and I will have them as well. That we will go through low points in our faith journey. That we will go through points of questioning and wondering. That we will go through dry spells spiritually. In fact, we can predict when those might happen because of the situation of John shows us when those might happen in our lives. For instance, when we find ourselves in difficult situations, it's easy to begin to question some things. I mean, John's in prison. Probably not in a high-quality prison either. He's experiencing hunger. He has probably experienced torment. He is struggling. He realizes that he is not going to get out of jail because the thing that he is accused of and stands true in is that he accused the man that is currently holding him prisoner. He spoke truth to power and power came back on him. And as he got him in jail and he's sitting there rotting away, he's thinking, this is not the situation that I intended to be. I think about 1 Kings chapter 19, after Elijah has his showdown on Mount Carmel with the prophets of Baal and you would think at that mountaintop experience which in some ways is where we get the spiritual mountaintop experiences is him on that mountaintop when he calls down fire from heaven and he defeats the prophets of Baal in a single moment as God swallows up the sacrifice there in fire and he is triumphant in the midst of that. When you look in the very next chapter he's asking God to take his life because he's on the run. And he's distraught. He goes from a man who just a couple of chapters before, like, God, if I am the only one that's going to stand for your name in the nation of Israel, then I will do it and I will do it boldly to the point that he says, there's nobody else around me, Lord, just do away with me. I don't know what difficult situations you find yourself in today, but my guess is, in a room this size with this many people, that there are difficult situations all around Homes that are breaking apart or have already broken. Relationships that are less than profitable or good for your health, emotionally, physically, mentally. That the pressures of school or work are weighing down upon you until the point that you do not understand how you're going to get out of that. And the situations and circumstances of our life can so press in on us that we begin to wonder if it's worth it and if God is truly who He says He is. Right along with that is not only do tough or difficult situations cause us to doubt, but so do unmet expectations. John thought This is the Messiah. My cousin Jesus is the Messiah. And what that means is, because in his mind, his mind was much like the rest of Israel at that time. What that means is, you spend time focused on the word. That we are changed by the renewing of our minds. And then the second thing he says, so tell him what you see. And there's a strange phrase in verse 6. And blessed is the one who isn't offended by me. First of all, that just means that's somebody that hasn't been turned off by me or pushed away by me. And it means someone that's willing to submit to what I've called them to do. This is a word of submission. It seems kind of strange to say when you're really doubting or at your low point, that's the most important moment in your life that you need to give complete control and completely trust in the Lord. But it is the absolute truth. And so in those moments... When the doubts creep in, when things are not going like you think they should, you take some time and you just give your life. What Romans 12 describes, laying your life on the altar like a living sacrifice. And we know that when that happens, good things will come. Here's what I find interesting. When you read the rest of this chapter, he talks about, Jesus talks about how great John the Baptist was. By the way, he calls him the greatest born of woman. So outside of Jesus, he says he's the greatest that's ever lived. And what's amazing about that is the greatest that's ever lived had doubts. We will have moments of doubt, but he gets to the end of this entire teaching thing where he's talking about John the Baptist and about people and this generation that wants signs and wants to have things proven that God has already spoken and I am here. And he comes to the end and he gives us the key to life that is lived. And fulfilled fulfillment of what God's called us to do and he tells us in verse 28 come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest take my yoke upon me and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light he says what you do in the midst of that is you Turn over your life completely to the Lord and rest in Him. Today, as we spend some time reflecting on, thinking about what to do in those moments when life is not easy, when difficult circumstances or unmet expectations or limited perception makes us unaware of what God is doing. I'm just wondering if there's some here that need to just submit and trust the lord with all that you are so just a moment we're going to have a time of response and then Marie's going to come and lead in that moment and i'm just going to ask you to do that to respond to the lord maybe that's coming down and just filling this altar and praying here and releasing some things to the lord i'll be standing out here i'd love to talk to you if you've got questions if you're here and you've never been saved it's something you need to do i'd love to talk to you today But above all else, I'm just going to ask you today to respond however the Lord calls you to respond. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for today. And for the chance we have to be reminded of your love and your mercy. To hear the challenge, to get off the fence and follow you. Lord, I pray that for those in this room that are on the spiritual mountaintop, Lord, that you would today just confirm in them what you have already been doing, that you would give them the ability to trust in you even when times begin to get more difficult. Lord, I pray for those that are here that are not there, and they see these youth and they hear what's happening and they're like, that's great for them, but that's not where I am. I pray, Lord, that today you would help them to remember your word, to dive into Your Word, to trust in Your Word about who they are and what You feel for them. And Lord, I pray that You would give them the ability to just submit to You. If there are those that don't know You as their Savior, Lord, I pray that You would convict them, that You would make them uncomfortable in this place and make them realize their need to surrender to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.